Welcome to Season 2 of There Are Good Things Here, the podcast where you listen in as Katie Hubbard talks to God about life in the year that it got upended by her first cancer diagnosis. I hope you'll find grace in her honest, hard, and hopeful words. I'm your host, Norman Hubbard, and I just want you to hold on to Jesus like Katie did. It won't be easy or perfect, but it will be worth it. Today we're going to pick up on Katie's journal entry from June 23rd, 2009, and I'll read a few journal entries. Uh, I'm really stoked today because you get to know two little bits of detail about Katie that you may not know. Here's June 23rd, 2009, a Tuesday. Dear Lord, yesterday was a good day. You helped me to get my closet clean, which has been bothering me big time. I've just been chunking things in there until, quote, after chemo. Well, here we are. And by the way, at this point in her story, Katie's just finished several rounds of chemotherapy after her first cancer diagnosis. And so that was her after chemo. She's going to clean her closet. Well, here we are. I haven't been so happy to have something over since real town. When I read that sentence, it brought a huge smile to my face. Not many people, except maybe some of our Auburn friends from way back in the day, would know that Katie's first job after she finished her education degree at Auburn University was in Realtown, Alabama, a small, smaller rural community uh, kind of near Alexander City uh, in uh, east central Alabama. <laughs> and it was a really tough job. It was a hard assignment. A teacher had lost control of her eighth grade classroom, and Katie came in mid-year, and she said, I spent the entire year trying to help students learn how to sit in their seat. I didn't teach them anything else. So who knew that cleaning her closet was going to make her as happy as being done teaching at Realtown? There's a little bit of information, number one, about Katie. She goes on, then I cleaned out my drawers, yay, and I felt good enough to take the kids to the pool. It's 90 degrees and very humid this week. Then, last night, I went and ran some errands, bought some glasses for the kitchen, curtains for a room, and found an over-the-door hook at TJ Maxx for my hats. Thank you, the over-the-door hook, by the way. Katie had lost her hair uh, during her chemotherapy, and so hats were a new part of her wardrobe. Last night, I came across Psalm 118, verses 8 and 9. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. That is just what I was writing about in my last journal entry. I have so much angst about trusting in you, but it is best to trust in you. Today, I have a variety of things that I would like to accomplish, calling the insurance company, grocery shopping, etc. Please guide my steps this day, Father. And then Wednesday, June 24th, 2009. Dear Lord, I need to start getting up earlier so that I have a part of my day when Joseph is not awake. Joseph is throwing fits. I need to stop putting up with that. 
Lord, please help me to parent him well. And by the way, in June of 2009, Joseph would have been, you know, I mean, in his twos. He was born in November of 2007. Uh, so that gives you a feel for what life stage he was in. Yes, <laughs> and I do have this deep-seated fear, by the way, that those of you who listen to this podcast and actually know our family will come up to one of the kids one day and go, oh, I heard that you were throwing fits, you know, and when you were two and a half years old. Anyway, yesterday I was very tired from the previous days. I took three naps. I had no energy at all, but Kayla and I did make cookies. I saw that encouraged her. Thank you because I was just praying for her yesterday that you would give me some special time with her. We have to take sunshine to the Humane Society. Uh, but not, by the way, the sun, but we had adopted uh, a part beagle um, whose we named Sunshine. And she was a wonderful creature who will probably be amazing in heaven, but she was absolutely out of her mind in terms of running away. And so we uh, had to decided we were going to have to surrender her to the Humane Society. Katie says she's running off. Yesterday, she ran off from our backyard and followed the Cahies home. It has been very hot here, 90 plus and very humid. Last night, I thought the sun would never quit beating in our window. And here's the second little tidbit about Katie and me, for that matter. And you see this a fair amount in her journals. Uh, in the last episode, she was praying for trees in her backyard. She bought curtains at TJ Maxx. And now she's talking about how it seemed like the sun would never stop beating in our window. Part of it was we lived in central Illinois. We had a west-facing, you know, back of the house. That was where our bedroom was. And so when it was hot, it was hot. And the thing that you may not know about Katie, but now you will, and about me, neither of us like to be hot. I still don't like to be hot. As soon as we got hot, we got really grumpy with everything and everyone. So it's a pretty big deal to her to figure out how to keep from being so hot in our bedroom in June in Illinois. Here's uh, a thought from Streams in the Desert, a devotional book that Katie read often from that same uh, journal entry on prayer. I think that I pray like I need to beat something out of you, Lord, or as if you have no intention of doing it. That's her thought on prayer. Uh, and then she says, sometimes I can't believe that all my hair is gone and so is my breast. I really hate the way that I look bald. It makes me feel very ashamed. Lord, I wish that you would heal my breasts without reconstruction. Thursday, June 26th of 2009. Dear Lord, Tom is off to Holiday World in Santa Claus, Indiana, and he is very excited. And if you are not from Illinois and Indiana, it is actually true that there is a place called Holiday World, a theme park, and it is in Santa Claus, Indiana, which is a real place. He's very excited. Now I have to not worry. I remember going to Six Flags with the youth group when I was in sixth grade. I loved it, even though I was just getting over the chicken pox. 
Dick Watkins, a friend of ours from church who did so much for us during this season of our life, uh, Dick Watkins has River Rock, but you knew that, didn't you? He is planning on coming over to do our ditch next week. We were putting in a drain, drainage tile to bring water away from our house. Thank you for providing that. I ordered a bunch more Meadow Lane dishes and bought some new glasses. I'm very excited about these purchases. And reflections from streams in the desert on the Red Sea. And she's quoting here, dare to trust him, dare to follow him. Then discover that the forces that blocked your progress, the Red Sea, and threatened your life became at his command the very materials he uses to build your street to freedom. Lord, I have been viewing obstacles as just that, very large obstacles. Lord, help me to see them instead as opportunities for you to work, to glorify yourself, and for me to trust you more. And then quoting again from Streams, Never dread any consequence resulting from absolute obedience to his command. Exodus 16.13 When God parted the Red Sea, what was the Israelites' part? They were afraid. They cried out to God. They complained to Moses. Basically, the only thing they did right was to cry out to God. I don't see much evidence of faith or trust. And so what does God do? He says, verse 13 and 14, do not be afraid. Parenthetically, Katie says, Lord, I am afraid, afraid of more surgery, afraid of daunting tasks at her head. What else does God say? Number two, he says, stand still, like telling our kids to be still and quit fidgeting. And three, See the salvation which the Lord will accomplish for you today. He tells them what he is going to do. And he says, these Egyptians that you see today, you will see no more forever. And then she adds, haven't you told me what you're going to do? A, my cancer won't return. B, you will rebuild our ministry. C, you will provide abundantly for us. These were things that Katie sincerely believed that the Lord had told her. And I have to say to you who are listening, you know how her story ended. Her cancer did return. She got it wrong. And I know that troubles some people. It troubles me. It's hard for me to read those words. But I know how Katie was trying to live her life. For her, it was better to try to relate to the Lord, listening to him and speaking to him about the day-to-day -day things, even the toughest things, trying to trust him. And she knew, you can see it in her journal, she knew that she might be wrong, but for her it was better to trust him and be disappointed than it would be to simply uh, say what will be will be. You know, God is sovereign and his will will be done. She believed that with all of her heart, but she was trying to relate to God as a person relates to a friend, speaking with him and listening to him. And in this case, she got it wrong. And I just ask you, it might be easier for you to simply resign yourself to whatever the will of the Lord would be, rather than seeking him for discernment about what he intended to do, what promises he was making to you. Um, 
that might be an easier way to live, but is it better? That's a question that you got to ask and answer for yourself. Katie goes on in her reflection from this passage in Exodus. Verse 15, why do you cry to me? The Lord says, go forward. In verse 16, the children of Israel will go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Lord, I love how thoroughly you do a miracle. Not only do you part the sea, you make the ground dry. It reminds me of Daniel's friends in the furnace. The smell of smoke wasn't even on their clothes. And the result from Exodus in verse 31, Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. And so the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. And then from Exodus 15, verses 14 and 15, Miriam's song. The people will hear and be afraid. Sorrow will take hold of the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom will be dismayed. The mighty men of Moab trembling will take hold of them, and all the inhabitants of Canaan will melt away. They were anticipating their imminent arrival in the promised land. This generation saw you part the Red Sea, and they perished in the wilderness. Our lack of faith and unbelief or disobedience can derail your work. Contrast the Israelites who perished in the wilderness, even though they had seen the great works of God, with Abraham in Romans 4.20. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Genesis 15, 6, and he believed in the Lord, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. In verses 23 and 24, this is again from Romans 4, now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Lord, So often, I don't trust my motives for asking. I feel guilty. Guilt is not of God. Conviction is. Ask and let God sort it out. That's a quote from our friend Tom Yakely. Thanks for joining me for this episode of There Are Good Things Here. I look forward to being with you again in two weeks.